Okay, we are here to learn uh, the wonderful things that God has prepared for us, that God has uh, given us to, to master and to understand. And today I want to speak about uh, God's creation depends on God's grace. God's creation depends on God's grace. Let me begin with a scripture from the book of Colossians. And I'm reading from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16 up to verse 20. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross." And Matthew chapter 4 and verse 3, the Bible reads, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let us pray. Lord, we want to thank you so much for your word, and Lord, we pray that may this word become alive in our hearts, in our minds. May we be able to understand what you are communicating to us, and we thank you, Lord, for your very presence today, that that which is said in your word is not just empty, dry word, but it is reality, it is life. And we all are meant to experience it on a daily basis. And I light the theme that I am going to uh, talk about today. God's creation depends upon God's grace. What do I mean when I say this? Now, I think we're all familiar with things that we human beings make. Okay? For instance, uh, humanity has been able to make uh, all kind of, uh, you know, vehicles, you know, from a bicycle to a car and now even to an electric car, you know, which is uh, going to come in the next few years. Now, all of these things, uh, they are nice and good, you know, when they are built, when they are created, uh, they are, you know, probably masterpieces of technology and uh, people can go and have a look at it and admire it. But I think you will agree with me, even if you have got a car with 500 horsepowers or more, if there's no fuel, it doesn't help you. It needs to be able to, you know, have the fuel that drives it, whether this is uh, fossil fuels like our current cars or maybe in the future electricity, on electric vehicles, uh, on bicycles. It needs your own power to make sure that you are going to go somewhere. Now, what, we, have, what we, we need to see here is that even so, something may be created in a wonderful and nice way, it also needs to be constantly supplied with the means to move forward. And, you know, one could say, you know, a, a masterpiece of technology, you know, a car or, or, or any other thing that we, human beings make, it's, it's nice and good. But then, if there's no power, if there's no fuel, it will not take you anywhere. And I actually could take it even a bit further, you know, because even if fuel is there, every now and then you have to take this uh, vehicle for service, and again, it needs the expertise of the creator in order to keep it on the road. If there is no expertise, 
Okay, if there's no service, then sooner or later the car will break down. It may not even be very old, but it will just not move. And uh, that shows us, you know, how complex creation is. Even human creation is complex. It needs humans who created the thing to be able to be there in order to, you know, uh, supply it with the necessary fuel or supply it with the necessary expertise in order to con make it continue running. The same is true with humans, okay? Now, the Bible tells us that God has made us beautiful. You know, in Psalm 139, God has, uh, the Bible says that God has knit us together wonderfully and beautifully. And that is, that is true, you know, that is the reality. But then, let's understand that a human being could be, you know, uh, uh, impressive in nature, impressive in power, impressive in many different ways, knowledge and ability. But at the end of the day, you know, if, if God's grace is not there, then something very, very important is missing. And, and that is what we need to understand. So, Scripture says, and, and Jesus, you know, replies to Satan who wants him to turn stone into bread. And he tells him that man does not live by bread alone. You know, of course, it's nice to have bread. It's nice to have the necessary things every single day. But man does not live by bread alone. A purpose of his life, because God has created us not for this time only, but for eternity to come. And so Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone. And of course, this is a, is a quote that he takes from the book of Deuteronomy. But by every word, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the words that proceed from the mouth of God, we can simply describe, describe it as grace. Amen? It's the grace of God that makes us move. It's the grace of God that makes us able to overcome. And so let's understand. God has a wonderful plan for each and every single one of us. But without grace, you know, at the end of the day, something is, will, will go wrong. You know, it's like with vegetation. Vegetation needs good soil. It needs good rain. It needs light. And uh, if these things are there in a balanced way, then crop can grow. You know, like the Bible says, 50-fold, 60-fold, 80-fold, 100-fold, because it's able to grow. But... I'm sure we have all seen that there were years that there was a lot of rain and so much rain that the crop was actually beaten down to the ground. And then when there is no sunshine coming in good time, the grain that is supposed to grow is starting to rot. Okay? When the balance is not all right, then a rotting process begins. And I'm sure we have seen this time and again. You know, if there is not enough rain, then things are drying out and there will be no harvest. So in other words, God is the one who provides all of these different dimensions, but he also provides the balance in which, you know, or with which everything can grow healthy and uh, in a way that we benefit at the end of the day. If that is not the case, you know, then the harvest can be spoiled. And I think this is always the, 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 the fear that a farmer has, you know, that uh, there will be enough rain. Of course, very often that is the major concern, that there will be rain enough uh, to make the crop grow. Uh, but as much as rain is important, <clears throat> you need to have enough space in between where the sun can shine and where it can be able to, you know, turn the, the, the water into into the, uh, you know, gross agent that it's supposed to be and uh, avoid, uh, avoid the crop to, to go to waste because it's not, because it's not uh, drying up. So, as we can see, you know, creation is very complex. Whether it's God's creation, okay, or whether it's even man's creation, you know, we, we have followed in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, who... 
The Bible says, through whom have all things been created. All things have come into being through him, and nothing is there without him. So Jesus is the agent that God the Father has been using to bring all things into being. And what we must understand that everything is created by him, through him, and for him. That's very important. So if it is created for him, that means we need to understand that if we are not really living for him, then we are going to rot along the way. Okay, if the grace of God is not there, you know, then we are going to be rotting like, like uh, you know, crop that had too much water and no sunshine, or maybe that is drying out and had no water at all. So there needs to be that balance. And yes, of course, our human body needs uh, the food uh, that we depend on every single day. That's why we have meals in the morning. That's why we have meals at, at lunch and even in the evening if we can manage, you know. Uh, these are very important. That's why what keeps our body alive, our natural body, our physical body. But then the Bible says man does not live by bread alone, okay, or by the physical food alone, but by every word, strength, and power that comes from the very heart of God. And that's what we need in order to make life worth living. Okay, so God's creation depends depends on God's grace. That is true for the natural creation. It is even more true for us, the crown of creation, who are made in the image and the likeness of our God. So God created a balanced ecosystem that is able to take care of itself. That's amazing in itself. You know, for thousands of years, uh, this ecosystem, you know, the Seed time, the harvest time, the rain, the sunshine, you know, the dry spells in between. All of these things have been going on for thousands and thousands of years. And, uh, you know, God has given us seed times and harvest times in order for life to continue flourishing. God has provided for every requirement that we human beings have. Humanity, of course has managed to throw some of these balances overboard. And, uh, you know, today we are talking about climate change. We are talking about, uh, you know, these terrible storms that are hitting our planet every now and then. We have heard, you know, the, the, the heavy, heavy storm uh, in Madagascar, Mozambique, and even Malawi. And some of it has even come to Zambia in terms of rain. Thank God we have not lost lives like our neighbors in Malawi. But you know, the question is, how did these things happen? Of course, storms, tornadoes, you know, all of these whirlwinds have always been there. But the way they are now is, seems to be very different. Just the other night, you know, yesterday night, I think it was, uh, uh, the U.S. was hit uh, in, the, in, in, in the state of Mississippi by a very, very heavy storm, and many people died as a result of it. And, and whatever is left over is completely jungled, is completely destroyed. So how does this, did this happen? Like I said, of course, there have always been calamities, earthquakes, and things like that. And the Bible talks about it as well. But some of it is man-made. Some of it is a result of the way we human beings live. And of course, uh, in the last hundred years, we have been able to produce so much pollution that our earth is really suffering from that pollution. So we have brought a good calamity upon our world as human beings, not you, not me in, in, as individuals, but together as a, a, a collective humanity. You know, we have been responsible for much of the, the trouble and the trials that are found in our world today. Okay, so let's understand God has given us the grace that we require in order to make things work in balance. Okay? Now, mankind destroyed 
a lot before when man fell into sin. And that's why we have so much uh, trouble in our world today because of uh, the sinfulness of our, our world. And so it's not the first time when man is responsible for some trouble and uh, pollution in our world because actually the world got spiritually polluted much earlier through disobedience and through sinfulness. Now, let's understand creation came into being through him, our God, and also for him. So in other words, God created this world not for you and for me, but, he, but, also, but also for him, okay? God wanted to have you in his, in his uh, communion, in his fellowship, and wants to enjoy a wonderful time with you for time and eternity. So the world was not our idea, but it was God's plan, and he executed his plan to great details. So God has an eternal purpose for creation, much of which we do not even understand. Okay, some of it, of course, God speaks about it in, in his word, but then, you know, again and again we read about uh, the, the secrets that may not even be fully uh, revealed as yet. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, the Bible says, I consider that for our present sufferings are not worthy comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectations for the sons of God to be revealed for creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. That creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Okay? So God is the one who is going to remove all bondage from creation at one time. But for now, we may not understand there are certain things that are still happening that are, you know, giving us certain headaches and uh, heartaches and problems. But then there is a time when God will remove all of this. In uh, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and let me just uh, read a few verses here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Okay, so in other words, words alone will not do it. You need to have the grace of God that are active in the words, okay, that are supplying our needs according to the way God has created us. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. So here already we see very clearly that there are things which are hidden, isn't it? Things that we do not see, things that we do not perceive, things that are not obvious to us. And, and, and you know, there are things that we will not be able to capture or understand while we are here in this uh, limited world in which we are today. That's why Paul is telling us that we speak of God's secret wisdom, okay? Anything that is secret means that we don't know it. Am I right? So in other words, there are things that are not obvious, that we may not know, that we may not understand. And there's a wisdom that is far beyond man's wisdom. And, 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 and Paul is saying that we should not build our lives on the human wisdom, but we need to build our lives on the grace of God and the demonstration of God's power which comes through the word of the Lord. 
Okay? And so we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. Now, that's amazing. Okay? So what, what I'm saying is there are things in our world today that we do not understand. Okay? And we better have the humility to accept that I do not understand this, okay? There are things that are far beyond my comprehension, my understanding. If it were not so, you know, if we would already know everything that is in God's world, uh, then, of course, uh, we would, we would uh, not be surprised when we arrive there because we know already, already everything. But we will be surprised. You know, we will be amazed. We will be uh, shocked by the things that God has prepared for us even before time began. Okay? So the secret wisdom of God. Some of it God has revealed in his words. But I think most of it is still hidden. It's still not obvious. It's still not known to human beings. Now, let me continue reading from the same chapter, verse 9. The Bible says, however, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Hey, isn't that powerful? So in other words, if you love the Lord, you're in for very good surprises. You're in for very great rewards. And, and you know, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation when Jesus comes that Jesus comes and he says, my reward is with me, okay? So some of us, we are looking for rewards today and now, but he says, my reward is with me. So God sends Jesus with the rewards for us when he comes into this world. And scripture tells us, you know, no eye has seen, okay, there are a lot of things that we see, good things, unfortunately we see bad things too, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That's why, you know, we must, we must not worry about so many things in this world, but we must make sure that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all the ability that we have. Because we, if we love him, wonderful things are waiting for us. Things that at this moment in time are still hidden and secret. But then God is going to reveal in his own time. And the Bible says, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The spirit knows all things, okay? And even the deep things of God, the Spirit knows. And some of it God has made available to us. God has made uh, revelation to us. But other things still remain in the unknown. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So as we can see here, God has created this world. God has created you and me. God has created this whole wonderful uh, creation, you know, with all the, uh, with all the uh, vegetation, with all the uh, mammals, animals, birds, fish, or whatever there is in, in God's creation. God has all created it for himself, but for us to benefit in the process. So God provides for creation everything that is required. You know, the Bible tells us in some of the scriptures that God is taking care of uh, the creatures. You know, God takes care of the animals. He provides for them what they require. You know, the, uh, Jesus himself talks about the birds of the air who not worry about sowing and reaping or putting things into the barn, but the heavenly father is taking care of them, okay? And so we must understand God is taking care for his creation. He takes care for us, for you and me, the crown of his creation as well. And of course, like Jesus said, 
it is not just the physical needs that we have, but we have spiritual needs. And that spiritual need, that uh, requirement of grace God gives to us in abundance through Jesus Christ. So God is busy to supply for us according to our needs. And scripture says, according to his riches in glory. Okay, so everything that is, you know, prepared for us may not yet see, be seen, but God is making it available to us as we, as we go forward, as we, as we need it. Okay, so if God is able to take care of the vegetation, you know, and gives the vegetation a very balanced kind of uh, uh, way of growth, okay, with sunshine, with rain, with, with good soil, uh, with kind of the right wind that is required, you know, how much more can he take care of us? The children that he loves dearly. The ones that he has even given his own son for. So now what I want you to see here in this uh, wonderful lesson that we have today is that God wants to be present in our lives. Okay? And when we go back to the beginning of creation, we will see that God was present. If you go to the end of creation again, we see that God is present. In between, you know, uh, we, we need to see what is God saying to us. Okay, let me explain. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 22, the Bible tells us, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives light, gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. Splendor. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. Now, this is Revelation 21. This is just the, uh, the, the very, towards the very end of uh, the Word of God, the Bible, okay? Uh, Revelation has got 22 chapters, and this is 21. And it talks about the new Jerusalem, okay? The new Jerusalem that is coming down from God. And then something interesting is uh, recorded here, okay? What is recorded here is that in the new Jerusalem, there is no temple, or maybe you would say there is no church, Okay, there's no building. <laughs> okay. And the question is, why? Why is it not necessary to have that? Okay, I'll get back to that. Let me go back to the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, the Bible says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Now, if you go further in the book of Genesis, you find out that, of course, God now created, in chapter 1, he created all of the uh, different things that uh, were meant to be in his creation, you know, whether it was vegetation, whether it was, uh, you know, even uh, the stars up in the, in the universe that were relating to earth, whether it was, uh, you know, different trees, whether it was uh, mammals or fish or birds, all of this was created by God, okay? And when, when God first spoke, let there be light, there was no sun, okay? So the sun could not have given light. There were no stars. There was no moon. Okay, this only came a little later. So the question is, did God make the mistake by reporting to us how these things were coming into being? Of course not. Okay? Because the light that God brought into being was not the light of a sun or the light of a moon or the light of stars. The light that God said, let there be light, was his own 
glory was his own light. You know, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness anymore. Praise God. And you know, when we see this, uh, this wonderful presence of God in the Garden of Eden later on, where God was even uh, having a regular kind of conversation with Adam, you know, where as a good uh, creator and father, God was giving guidance to his creation, to his child, you know, and he was giving him uh, the direction towards the tree of life, but also the warning not to be falling for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All this is what a good parent would do, okay? If you're a good parent, you would warn your children of danger, okay? If you're a good parent, you will tell your children what they should really make their, their aim for life for, okay? And that's what God did. God said, okay, there's a tree of life, you know, and when you get to the tree of life, all your needs will be met, okay? And there's a tree of knowledge of good and evil, and that one just don't take from it, okay? Because if you do it, then it will have very serious consequences. All right? Again, you see God walking in the garden, okay? So God was there inside of his creation. Even when man fell into sin, God was still there. Now, sin was hiding God from man. So in other words, when sin entered, then man was going into hiding, okay? And uh, it was impossible for man to come back into the presence of God. But God would still come and speak to man and give him the opportunity to, to repent. And when they didn't repent, God still closed them to show them in your life, if ever you come to a point of repentance, you need to be closed with the righteousness of the, the innocent lamb, okay? The, 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 the Lord closed them with closing of, 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 of lambs, okay? With animals that had never sinned. And so we clearly see that God is giving them a message, a powerful message that gave them understanding of how to live. And uh, you can see it in the life of Abel, that Abel understood that message and lived his life according to that very message. So in other words, that message was very clear. We don't fully understand. But uh, Abel, the son of Adam and Eve, they, he understood what it meant to come to God closed in the innocent, you know, garment of God, the Lamb of God. And that's when Jesus, you know, was portrayed in that very sacrifice. And Abel was bringing a lamb and God accepted his sacrifice. So what I'm trying to explain to you is that God was there. Okay? God was present in his own creation. Not through some kind of religious kind of uh, setup, not through a temple or a church, but he was there personally, one-to-one, -one, okay, between him and uh, the creation that he had made. Okay, so that is what God desires. That is what God desires even today. That is what God desires even in the future. Okay, when, of course, man now had to leave the Garden of Eden and then somehow could not have that relationship with the living God anymore because sin was hiding God from man. You know, there was a barrier that man could not cross. And that was only removed when Jesus Christ came to die at the cross of Calvary. So what we must understand that when then mankind expanded, you know, when, 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 when mankind grew one feature that we see everywhere in the world today is that human beings have a God consciousness, okay? What do I mean when I say a God consciousness? Somehow deep down in our heart, we all know, even those who are denying that there is a God, you know, uh, they, are still, they are still having that consciousness. 
that there is someone out there, something out there, okay? Some people deny that there is God, but then they are worshiping other things, okay? They're worshiping beauty, they're worshiping money, they're worshiping all kinds of different, you know, things that uh, the world is, 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 is hung up with. But then you can see all over the world there are temples, okay? So in other words, people now trying to find God, making their own ways to God, okay? Making themselves idols. Because somehow they know there is a God, and somehow they know that uh, we are meant to be having this intimate relationship with God, but since he's not there, people have ended up making temples, idols, trying to, you know, compensate for that which has gone missing, for that which is lost. That's a reality, okay? You can go anywhere in the world, you will find temples from ancient times. And those people today who are saying they don't believe in God, actually they, are, they have got idols in their, in their, you know, things they are making, you know? Like for many people who are saying there is no God, you know, I, I remember when I was growing up, we had a neighbor, you know, and he was good, well-to-do, okay? So in our village, there were not many people who had cars in those days when I was young, but this one had a very nice car. And most of the people were very, you know, um, you know, somehow, you know, uh, hoping that one day they would, have be, they would be able to have something like that. But then when other people went to church, this man, he was serving his idol, okay? He was, he was actually starting before people went to church because, you know, our house, when I was young, it was just a few meters away from the church, and that man was living just a few meters away from the other side, okay? So this man began his, to clean his car, you know? For hours and hours, the people came back from church, and he was still busy uh, serving his idol. You understand? Now, he says there's no God, but then what is this? Because, because if you think there is no God, then why, why are you using a piece of material and you are devoting so much time, and so much effort into this piece of uh, human creation? So let's understand, you know, God is a God who has created us with a deep desire for God. And if we reject him, then we look for something else to fill that void, okay? For some people, it may be, you know, things of this world. It may be material riches, or it may be fame, or it may be influence, or whatever it is. And we see it even up to today, okay? But nothing can really satisfy that longing inside of our hearts, except God himself. And scripture tells us that that longing God is going to steal for those who believe in him. Now, let me take you to the book of John. You know, John uh, gives us, uh, again, another beginning, okay? Genesis gives us a beginning, and uh, John gives us a spiritual beginning. And the Bible, the Bible tells us here, Praise the Lord. Life is wonderful. Amen. So John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Okay, so clearly... He is the one who created us. We came into this world through him and for him. Okay? In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Let me move forward to verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his 
name. Okay? Those are the people who are now relating to their creator, not just, you know, being made beautifully and wonderfully, but who are now relating because God's grace is upon their lives. Okay? So we are depending on the grace of God. And that's what we are seeing here very clearly outlined. So, but as many as received him, today we gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So, in other words, yes, we are human, we are physical, we are born through our parents, but then there is another birth that God has given to us through the word of God, through the grace of God. Okay? And scripture says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we upheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in other words, what we require, you know, what God's creation requires, is not just the physical features. And of course, thank God for the physical features that we all have. Thank God for the, for the uh, ability that you can have a passport of yourself, okay, to, to, you know, so that you are recognized. Thank God for your fingerprints that are physical, so that you can be easily identified either through the photo or through your fingerprints or whatever. So the physical dimension is important. But that is not all of it. You know, we are having features that come from God because we are born of God. We are born through the word of God. In the beginning, there was the word. In the beginning, there was not flesh and blood. In the beginning, there was the word. And the word of God overrides the flesh and blood, okay? And, and we, we need to have that, uh, that uh, life of God inside of us that is able to come into being through the, the grace and the truth of the Lord. Okay, so let me talk a little bit about grace and truth, okay? I've talked about it many times, but I want to repeat myself and maybe say something that has just, uh, you know, become, uh, uh, I have become aware of. I think, of, of course, we understand, as I said earlier on, in vegetation, you know, if there's no good balance of sunshine, rain, and uh, maybe wind, then you can see that the crop that is supposed to produce good fruit, maybe 60 or 80 or 100-fold fruit, can actually rot. It can be spoiled because it is too wet or maybe sometimes too dry and it doesn't produce anything at the end of the day. Okay, we have all seen that, you know, uh, whenever there is not enough harvest, it's not because we have not planted enough, but because some of the harvest is being spoiled. Okay. But then, you know, in a spiritual reality, in the spiritual dimension. We need to have grace and truth. Truth is able, enabling us to, to produce a good harvest. If there is no truth in us, then things will rot in our lives. And, and you know, just look around in our world. How many people have got tons and tons of money? Okay. In fact, uh, in the last three, four weeks, a number of banks have collapsed and, uh, and billions, billions and billions of dollars have been wiped out overnight, okay? Within these few, few weeks, I think two or three weeks, how can this happen? Okay, because you, you, you think of money just as the quachas in your pocket and uh, they cannot vanish, you know, they, they are there, okay? But when you keep your money on, in banks or on the stock exchange and all of a sudden those banks are losing value, you know, the value that you thought you have is no longer there. You get my point? Now, this is now, you know, talking about our economy, our, our, our uh, 
the realities that we see on the ground. But I want you to understand this in a spiritual dimension. You know, spiritually speaking, we need to be well nourished. Not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the, from the mouth of God. Okay, we need to have the truth. And that's why the Bible tells us that Jesus came full of grace and truth. Okay, a lot of people are only interested in grace. They are not interested in, in, in truth. But truth keeps you from seeing your life being spoiled. Okay? And it's very important that we understand that. Okay, like vegetation, you know, like crop can be spoiled by either having too much water and no sunshine or by not having no rain whatsoever and, 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 and drying it, drying up completely, it will be spoiled. And you know, we need to understand that God has given us the very wonderful balance of grace and truth. The grace that God gives us, his creation requires. Okay? God created us for himself, and because he knows what we need, he provided us with grace. Okay? God is not irresponsible by not giving us what we require. He gave us what we require. Okay? The problem is that a lot of people are not picking what God gives to us. Okay? A lot of us, you know, we, we, we think we can make life, you know, work out somehow just with the ability of our, of our learning. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we should do that as much as possible. We should learn as much as we can. We should qualify ourselves uh, to the highest degree that, that we can be possibly able to get. But we must balance with the grace and the truth of our God. And if that is not found in our life, we will fall short. And we will find that whatever people have is going to rot. Okay? Now, there's a very interesting scripture in the Bible, you know, just in case. You, you may not understand what God is saying. And this scripture is in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes. Let me just quickly get it. Ecclesiastes chapter, chapter 2. Okay, I, I think... Uh, Many of you who have been reading the book of Ecclesiastes sometimes come to the conclusion it's a very difficult book to understand. But uh, there are a lot of very important things there, you know. And chapter 3 tells us that there's a time for everything, a time uh, for all the activities under the heavens. But just before chapter 3, and maybe you have not read it yet, or maybe you have not taken note of that, but let me just read it for you. Okay, let me read from the uh, Ecclesiastes 2, verse 24. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? Very important question. Without God, who can find enjoyment. I mean, you know, there are many hundreds, millions of people who are trying to find enjoyment without God. You know, we are living in a, in a, in a, in a world full of entertainment. You know, people go to the movies, people like the stars, and, and you know, uh, recently they got the Oscars. You know, there's so much talk. But the reality is people want to get enjoyment without God. And that is futile. Because sooner or later, things are going to rot. Okay? Okay, just listen. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, okay, and I hope you and me, we are this kind of people. To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, listen, listen to this. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over 
to the ones who please God. Hey, hallelujah. So let these people work, you know. <laughs> let these people toil. Let these people do whatever they can do. Because at the end of the day, it will come to those who please the Lord. Okay? Whether it's in this world or in the world to come, it's up to the Lord. But this is interesting, isn't it? So in other words, people can do whatever they think, you know, will take them forward, will advance their lives. And, and you know, people find, try to find enjoyment and happiness without God. But this is like crop that had too much rain and no sunshine and it's going to rot sooner or later and it will not have any harvest at all. And, and the Bible says, you know, this is what God says. To the person, you know, who, who, who uh, does not care about God, you know, to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth. So next time you're seeing somebody who is bloody rich, uh, don't be jealous, but just uh, know one day it will come to me. Okay, one day it will come to the people of God. Hello, isn't that good? So in other words, these people, they are working hard, you know. They are heaping up mountains of money only to see them destroyed or to the people God chooses to bless their lives. Okay, think about that, you know, take time to meditate about that, okay? And, and actually, since God said it, you can actually say, God, and I'm not saying you must go and say, this one, I want this money, or I want this car. <laughs> but, but understand that all these things that people are toiling for, that people are uh, uh, running around for, at the end of the day, God will give it to the people who he loves. Isn't that powerful? So all the toiling without the grace of God is totally in vain. So the, tenor, the sinners have got a task given to them by God. Okay, they are told to gather and store up. And of course they think they are, they are doing fine, you know. Many of them, they call themselves self-made millionaires or billionaires. Okay, but in reality they are, they are just giving a task by God. Okay, gather these things so that I can bless my children with those, those riches. Okay, so God is going to hand it over to those who please God. Okay, now, Solomon couldn't understand that. That's why he said this too is meaningless, uh, chasing, chasing after the wind. Because this is hard to understand, especially for rich people. Huh? And uh, Solomon was not poor. Solomon had a lot of riches. But he said, no, this is hard to understand, you know. But this is what God says. You know, you can't enjoy this world without God. You're wasting your time. So what, what we must understand is that God has made grace available to all of us in abundance as he made his light available at creation. Let there be light and there was light. Okay? God was present when he created man, okay, he was there inside of his creation. And again, we see in the book of Revelation that he will be there in the new Jerusalem where we are going to be with him and where he is going to be the light, port structures anymore, where God himself is the glory for which we are made in the first place, where we are going to enjoy his presence and his, his wonderful Love. Colossians chapter 2 verse 2 says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. You know, this is why we are learning from Scripture. That's why we are reading the Word of God. So that we get full understanding of the riches of God's Word. Okay? the riches of complete understanding in order that we may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and of knowledge. And so make sure that Christ is not hidden to you, okay? Sin has hidden God from us, from mankind. But Christ 
has opened the door and we could be able to come back in to fellowship and relationship with the living God. So the temples in this world are evidence that somehow deep down in the hearts of people, they know there is God. But the temples actually don't help us. Okay, that's why when finally we are in the presence of God in the new Jerusalem, there is no need for a temple because God himself will be there. You know, God only gave instruction to have one tabernacle being built, you know. Later on it became the temple of uh, Solomon and later on the temple that was there when Jesus came. But it was the place that had an outer court and in the outer court, you know, sin was dealt with. You understand? So you cannot come to God unless sin is dealt with. And the temples of this world are completely useless. They can never bring you into fellowship with the living God because there is no sacrifice for sin in those temples. That is only there in the tabernacle. And the tabernacle, you know, that God has asked Moses to build is an, ex an example of how God provided for grace provided for salvation in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And how we can progress from the outer core to the holy place and eventually even to the most holy place. And remember, the most holy place was cut off. You know, nobody had access to the most holy place except only once in a year the high priest could enter into that place. But when Jesus died at the cross of Calvary, then that curtain was cut from top to bottom. And that's when man could be able to come back to the living God. And that's why today, you know, we don't need temples anymore. Even this house is not a temple, maybe at one time. Okay? So there are no temples. In fact, we are the temple of the Lord, in whom God dwells, in whom he moves and has his being. And that's the beautiful thing, you know, that God is having this desire to have that direct, intimate relationship with each and every one of us. So, as God started it in the book of Genesis, you know, coming into his creation and saying, let there be light and there was light. Walking with his creation, with Adam and Eve, you know, in the Garden of Eden, giving them direction, advice. And of course, then it was spoiled because of sin. But then that's how it is going to come to a conclusion again when we go fast forward to the book of Revelation where God is going to dwell amongst his people. And let me, let me highlight this, you know, as I read it again in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. Please read the whole chapter. It's, it's so rich, it's so powerful. And the Bible says, I did not see a temple in the city. Okay? Because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. And you know, when we talk about this, when we hear this, you must understand that the light of God is the grace of God. You know, the, the, the substance of God that was that are shining throughout this new Jerusalem is really the grace that God has made available to every single one of us. Just like Jesus learned to live by the word of God, and even if when tempted, he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word of God, proceeding from the mouth of God. Interestingly, Jesus was crucified. Jesus died. Jesus was buried in a grave. But you know that his, his body never saw decay. Okay? His body was never rotting in the ground. Because he lived totally and fully by the grace of God. There is no grave of Jesus, okay? If you find any other religion uh, that has been started by 
you know, certain people, you find their grace and they're being honored. But you can't find the grave of Jesus because his body never saw decay. The Bible tells us so. He never saw decay. Okay, his body was not rotting because he lived totally and completely by the grace of God. Man does not live by bread alone, okay, but he lived by that grace. And he lived by the grace of God in a dimension that probably is still out of reach for us human beings today. Okay, but we need to learn from him. We need to walk in his footsteps. So we are now the temple of the living God in whom he lives. And you know, we, we all have memorized this scripture, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And for sure, when Christ is in us, we don't need to fear this. We don't need to fear decay because Christ has a greater plan and a great future ahead of us. So Christ has brought into being that which he always wanted to have. And that is a direct relationship to the people he loves. Okay, he created you because he loved you. He, he made you according to a perfect plan. And he created you for himself. He didn't create you for Satan. You know, Satan is a thief who comes to steal, kill, and meet you for himself, to enjoy your presence, to enjoy your company for eternity to come. Isn't that good news? If you think that you are not wanted, I want to tell you, you are wanted. And I'm not saying this, uh, you know, like in the Wild West, they, are, they were putting poster, posters around when somebody has been, uh, you know, a crook. They put a picture there and they say, wanted, so that they can arrest you. You know, no, we are not wanted in that sense. No, we are wanted so that we live in the glory and the presence of God Almighty. We are wanted that we are enjoying the fullness of God's grace and God's truth. That's what God has prepared for those he loves. Okay? He provides according to his abundant Riches of his glory. And remember, God makes even sinners to slave for hard work so that you can be blessed at the end of the day. May God bless his words. Okay? Remember, there is a place where there is no temple because the glory and the light of God is shining brighter than even the sun can ever shine. God's creation requires God's grace. You know, that's our service. Okay? A car needs to be serviced in a garage. Okay? A computer, you know, is, is, is good when it works, but when it stops, you need to service it. Maybe you need to put some new software, you need to remove the viruses or whatever the case may be. You need have to have service. Okay? And the same is true for us as human beings. We need service. And God has given us the service of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, his grace and his truth that is given to us in a manifold way, overflowing, so that we are going to accomplish and achieve the very purpose for which God has brought us into this world. Let us pray. Lord, we are so grateful when we read your word, when we discover the secrets that you have revealed to us. And Lord, we are longing to even discover the many secrets that you have not yet revealed to us. But we thank you, Lord, for that which you have shown us, that you have created us according to your own perfect plan, that you have made us in your own likeness, and Lord, that you are calling us to be with you forever and ever, living in your light, living in your glory. Thank you, Lord, 
that you have created us because you loved us. Because you want to enjoy our company. You want us to be where you are. And we thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you, Lord, that you have a great and wonderful future for each and every one of us who calls upon your name, who walks in your footsteps, who, is, who has come from darkness into your light, being a child of the living God. Lord, let us grow up and be sons, mature and able to carry the responsibility that you have given to us. To you be the glory and the honor. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.